Joe Biden thinks he cured cancer. An Alabama female, Jussie Smollett, fakes her own kidnapping. And a naked woman goes on a rampage down a Bay Area interstate. It's the last Thursday of July, and it's time to crown my Losers of the Week. It's been a long week for the big guy. His son's plea deal was rejected. His pay-to-play scheme is unraveling before our very eyes. Oh, and apparently he also cured cancer, in case you missed it. If you could do anything at all, Joe, what would you do? I said I'd cure cancer. They looked at me like, why cancer? Because no one thinks we can. That's why, and we can. We end the cancer as we know it. In Joe's defense, he probably thinks he cured cancer, but sadly, he still hasn't cracked the code on dementia, which I think could be to blame for another bizarre health-related statement he made this week regarding COVID. And there's still, we're still feeling the profound loss of the pandemic, as I mentioned, of over 100 people dead. That's 100 empty chairs around the kitchen table. <laughs> 100 people, Joe? Are you sure? I think that might be the first time a liberal has ever underreported COVID deaths. You know, I know there was a UFO hearing yesterday insinuating alien life has been detected by the U.S. government, so I would humbly ask the aliens to come back and get Joe at their earliest convenience, please and thank you. But speaking of abductions, my second loser this week is Carly Russell, who Jesse Smolletted the country into believing she was kidnapped after spotting a toddler on the side of the road. She was missing for nearly two days before showing up on her parents' doorstep. She claimed she was abducted by a white man with orange hair. Well, it turns out that was a lie. She didn't get abducted by a carrot-top-looking gentleman. She didn't get abducted, well, at all. There was no kidnapping on Thursday, July 9th, 13th, 2023. My client did not see a baby on the side of the road. My client did not leave the Hoover area when she was identified as a missing person. My client did not have any help in this incident, but this was a single act done by herself. We ask for your prayers for Carly as she addresses her issues and attempts to move forward, understanding that she made a mistake in this matter. A mistake is leaving the flat iron plugged in. Faking your own abduction is not a mistake. It's not a whoopsie oopsie. It's a damn ruse and a damn lie. And she needs to face consequences for this. Law enforcement officers in this country are already overburdened and understaffed, so leading them on a wild goose chase for a hoax like this is not only a waste of time, but a slap in the face to actual victims of actual crimes. You know, the girl even searched for the movie Taken, as well as for info on Amber Alerts prior to her fake disappearance, so this was premeditated and apology not accepted. Law enforcement, man, what a job having to deal with so much crap for such little appreciation and respect. Which brings me to loser three this week. Holy dude. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, it's a lady. Oh, Whoa. Bro. What the What the Alicia, I think she ran, ran out. She ran out. She ran out? Yeah, the, the gun's up. Holy dude. So, as you saw earlier this week, a naked woman got out of her car on the Bay Bridge going eastbound on Interstate 80 and started firing a gun into the air and then at other vehicles. Now, to some of you, this might appear odd, but remember, this is California, so not really. 
This is actually the second time in less than a week that a Bay Area bridge was tied up by an incident. Last week, the Richmond-San Rafael bridge was shut down in the eastbound direction due to a man having a mental health crisis for 19 hours. Traffic in California is bad enough without vagrants and wackadoodles going buck wild and blocking traffic. Next time, may I suggest having your psychotic breaks outside of the governor's mansion, please and thank you. But alas, those are my losers of the week. But hey, at least Joe cured cancer, right? Still ahead, from Barbie to Jason Aldean and more, let's dig into some pop culture with the host of The Bo Show on Epic Times. Bo Davidson is next. Jason Aldean's song, Try That in a Small Town, has become a smash hit for two reasons. One, it's a damn good song. And two, Real America has told the cancel culture woke mob to pound sand. But in a surprising revelation, the music video for the song has been quietly edited to remove six seconds worth of content showcasing the summer riot season of 2020. Now, this wasn't to appease the woke mob, but rather because the Aldine team didn't have permission to use the very real riot footage showcased in the video. Here with his thoughts on that and so much more is host of the Bo Show on Epic Times, Bo Davidson. Bo, it's great to have you. Thanks, Tommy. Great to be with you. So I want to start out with all this Jason Aldean stuff because, you know, this is still making headlines yesterday because of that removal of that six seconds. And a lot of outlets, including TMZ, originally made it seem as though Aldean removed it to bow to the woke mob. But now we know it was just a copyright issue or a fair use issue. So that's why those six seconds were removed. But the song is still doing incredibly well on the charts. I think the people have spoken what does this tell you about the trajectory of pop culture and where it's leaning and where it's going? Are we getting more conservative? Do we have a chance here? Well, I think the fans are speaking. I mean, Jason said it best, I believe, in his concert a few days ago. You know, I'm hearing you loudly and clearly. But I want to go back for a moment to Broken Bow Records because, Tommy, this is something that's concerning to me. I don't think for a second Jason called up his label and said, hey, guys, would you please remove that six seconds? I don't think that happened. But what I'm concerned about is if Broken Bow Records, his label, is saying that this is just a copyright issue, is that really true? Because I just can't imagine that happening for a simple copyright issue. You know this, Tommy. I mean, you know country music. There's such a process that people go through, and they they dot their I's, and they cross their T's. And I just have a hard time believing that they would just all of a sudden drop the six seconds out because of what? Because of a copyright issue? It makes me think, and I don't know this for sure, this is speculation, that maybe some record labels, just like CMT did with Kelsey Ballerini and the uh, Drag Queens, could be venturing into the woke arena and woke corporatism (laughs) eventually they are right now i mean country (laughs) music radio country music television country music as a whole especially since 2020 has been bending over backwards to really salute their their fans with the middle finger but also to reach some kind of a a woke quota that they feel like they need to have i mean it really started in, in 2020 as we know but with the cancellation of people like Morgan Wallen, and then, as you mentioned, Kelsey Ballerini dancing around the stage with drag queens and then talking about gun control. And then when you look at some of the artists that they showcase, artists that I have never heard before, uh, songs I have never streamed before, concerts I have certainly never gone to before, given all the limelight on these red carpets and at these award shows, it would seem to me that country music has been evolving for at least the last three years in a very, very woke direction. And I don't know if there's really hope of them changing that. I think that they would rather be woke than make money. Maybe I'm wrong. 
No, I think that's right. But I think this is a watershed moment, Tommy. If you'll indulge me for just a second, I don't know if you remember this song from 2010 by Josh Thompson. It was called Way Out Here. And this very first line speaks to the exact same sentiment. So it was something like, Our house is off the ticket by the billboard and a gun. And you might need them both if you show up here, not welcome, son. So you see, that line is exactly what Jason Aldean is talking about. Our houses are protected by the good Lord and a gun, and you might need them both if you show up here, not welcome, son. Exact same sentiment in 2010. Difference is BLM, woke mob, wasn't after it then. Now they are, and so is CMT. And sadly, one of my favorite artists, so is Garth Brooks. Yeah, that's uh, super unfortunate, uh, especially when I saw that very odd video that uh, Garth and his wife, Trisha Yearwood, put out a couple weeks ago or a week ago, you know, imploring everyone to donate their hard-earned dollars to Ukraine. I mean, it makes my blood boil, also makes me sick. But yeah. country music has always been about protecting your own and about small towns. And when you brought up that song, which I know, I even go back to Blake Shelton and Kiss My Country Ass. I mean, that song, <laughs> if you want to look at the lyrics, that song mentions a Confederate flag. So that wouldn't right. be allowed, of course, today in woke country music. But I think the fans are speaking, and I think that country music is going to have to, at least in some way, shape, or form, listen. And you saw it with Morgan Wallen. I mean, when everything happened with him, they dropped him like it was hot. And then the Dangerous album did so well that all of a sudden, you know, some of these record labels that had to distance themselves, they came crawling back maybe quietly, but they certainly did. So I don't think they want to mess with country music fans in the long run. In the end, Tommy, money matters. And I don't know why they want to pick this fight right now. CMT needs to wise up. The record labels need to wise up. It's not going to bode well in the end. You know, Jason's making a lot of money out on the road. He's number two on Billboard. I think there's 20 million views of his video. It's, it's senseless. But what kind of world are we living in, Tommy, where Jason Aldean, a patriot, is being criticized and the U.S. women's soccer team doesn't stand, doesn't sing our national anthem? No criticism there. Yeah, well, again, I think that the way that wokeism has turned everything into the upside down. But, you know, we saw it with Bud Light, seeing it with Jason Aldean, Target, some other examples. I do think that conservatives are realizing our buying power, and I think it's going to make at least a dent if we can hold on to our values and we can keep it up. But the next thing I want to turn to is also country music related. I want to get your take on this. I know this is a little bit old, but it has been still stirring up a lot of discussion. Let's take a look at Miranda Lambert and her little selfie freakout. I'm gonna stop right here for a sec, Danny. I'm sorry. These girls are worried about the selfie and not listening to the song. It's pissing me off a little bit. So what's your initial reaction when you saw that? Now, I'm a fan of Miranda Lambert, um, but I don't know if that was necessarily an appropriate call out to happen from stage. I agree with you. You know, Tommy, as a performer, I actually see this from both sides. So on the one hand, I've been in her position. I've been performing. You see someone taking a selfie. You see someone chit-chatting. You see someone texting. It's distracting to me. But as long as it's not distracting to the people listening, it's not a huge deal and you shouldn't freak out of it. So as much as it pains me when I'm singing a ballad that I really care about, that maybe I wrote the song, I really care about the song. You know what? Those fans who have paid their hard earned money 
to come see you, they can experience it how they want to experience it. And I would say, as long as they're not distracting um, and disrupting someone else's experience of the performance, you should leave them alone. They paid their hard-earned money. And these were women, I believe, in their 30s or 40s, and they walked out because you know what? They have a, a right to feel scolded by a performer. You know, um, it, yes, <laughs> this is a teachable moment about whether we should be taking selfies and whether we should be, just be focusing on the music. But every fan experiences it differently. So although I can see this from both sides, I think she overreacted. Yeah, and I think part of the fun of going to a concert, they wanted to capture the moment. You know, if they were sitting there taking selfies, you know, taking selfies just of themselves and trying to send it to somebody, that might be different. But they wanted to get the concert in the background to capture the moment. So I would have been upset, and I, I really like Miranda Lambert. I think she's also a patriot. But that would have upset me a little bit, too, if I paid my money to go there and somebody was scolding me from on stage. That would not sit well with me. I would be offended, and it would it would bother me. But uh, I want to turn now to some more pop culture. And you and I might disagree on this one, so I'm curious your thought. Okay. Um, have you seen the Barbie movie? I have. I just finished it. All right. Well, I saw the Barbie movie uh, the other night with my producer, Kylie. And, you know, I was not somebody that wanted to be outraged when I walked into it. And I watched it, and I wasn't outraged when I left. In fact, I kind of liked it. So I think that the conservative outrage over this movie is, quite frankly, ridiculous. But I want to know your take. So I see where you're coming from. And again, this is another one where I can see both sides. From being on the film side of things, the production value is excellent. It's It really is outstanding. I think Greta Gerwig is a, is a good director. Um, there's a lot to like about it from a visual perspective. You know, I'm not one of those ones that's like, oh my God, this is crazy. It's terrible. It's a heaping pile of garbage. I will say the word patriarchy is mentioned a lot. And the overall theme to me does seem to be kin, men, bad, Barbie, women, good. But there are a couple of teachable moments, and I did have, like you probably, a moment of reflection where I can see where they're trying to say these dolls who have no personality, no self-consciousness, are able to find their own identity. And I think, Tommy, that's the overall message, but unfortunately, they spend so much time bashing men, it's a little tough to see past it. But I do have to wonder, do you remember the part of the movie where when Barbie goes into the real world and the young girl who owns her as a doll says, you're a fascist? I thought, <laughs> how would she know that word? How would she who would have told her that? So it makes me wonder, Tommy, if this movie is not for kids, is it really? Because if you're a girl, young girl, and you go to see this movie, do you come out of the movie theater going, mommy, what's a patriarchy? What's a fascist? And maybe that's an opportunity for the liberal minded parents to educate and indoctrinate their kids on exactly what's being depicted in the movie. What do you think? Yeah, I disagree with you because I think if you have liberal parents, you're going to be indoctrinated uh, by many more things besides the Barbie movie. And quite frankly, <laughs> I think that young girls playing with Barbies, I mean, that's the most traditional thing that I've ever heard of. <laughs> I mean, for the conservatives that are so mad at traditional values and traditional roles, you know, not being revered anymore, I think playing with Barbie and having Barbies and the way that Barbie evolved and what Barbie means for many generations. I think that was preserved in this movie. And I, I saw jabs taken at patriarchy, but I saw a lot of jabs taken, to be honest. And I thought that they made Ken look a little soft, you know, and a, a little dorky. But at the end, I, I liked Ken. I liked Barbie. I didn't think anybody was trying to force any narrative down my throat. And I didn't expect to walk into the Barbie movie and have you know, somehow some kind of masculinity reinforced to me. That's not what I went for. That's not the understanding of Barbie. So if people don't like it, you know, I understand, but then just don't go. I don't get the people that go and they spend money on it so that they can be pissed off about it. That seems a little weird to me. 
Yeah, I didn't want to come into it looking for outrage. I don't like to go into movies like that. I'd, I'd heard a lot about it before I came into it. But there are some good things about it. Like I said, there are moments of legitimate self-reflection where, like you said, there's jabs being taken. No, I think when, you know, the Kens come begging back and saying, would you give us a Supreme Court seat? And they say, no, you'll get a lower court position. <laughs> that's a bit that's a bit of a, of a stab, you know, and the whole idea of Ken is nothing without Barbie. And, you know, uh, everything rocks in Barbie land, but everything out in the real world is completely where a woman is no one and has to fight for everything she gets. And the very last scene, you know, I, I must, I'm expecting to go to a job interview and she's just saying, I'm here to see my gynecologist. Uh, that was a bit odd too. But I, I see your point. I think it's a fair point to make. I was not as outraged as I thought I would be. I'll put it that way. But I also don't like going into movies with the perception of outrage. I thought that part was funny. Uh, it, it surprised me at the end. I thought she was going in for a job interview. So I laughed yeah. out loud. I, I actually thought it was funny. But Bo, now I, I say this as kindly as I possibly can. Because I talk when I talk to men about the Barbie movie, I think their perception of it is so much different than mine because I think that there are some men out there conservative no. men out there that are great men, that are understanding wonderful men, but they might not be aware that some of the discussions had in the Barbie movie about what it's like to be a woman, uh, that maybe men don't really understand that, at least in some part, some of that is legit. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to say, you know, sometimes women do have it difficult, right? We have to be all things to everybody. We have to look good, but we also have to be smart, but we can't be a bimbo, but we can't be a prude. You know, that is to some extent that does happen, you know, and I'm wondering if you as a man can maybe see that, that all of this is obviously a little exaggerated, but there's a kernel of truth in the Barbie movie there. And I say that as a non-feminist, but just as a female. No, I, I agree with you. I actually had the luxury of watching the movie with my girlfriend. So I'm getting two perspectives as I watch it. And we both asked each other, what did you think? And when America Ferrera makes that speech about you got to be pretty, but not too pretty, you got to be this, but you can't be that. Yes, there is a double standard out there. I completely agree with that. And that's saying this as a completely red-blooded American alpha male. But watching it with a woman and your girlfriend, someone you care about, is actually uh, a, a great experience because I got to see her react to it at the same time as I did. And I, and I agree with some of those points. I actually think there were fair points made in the film. I just don't like seeing men trashed all the time. It's like, well, yes, this is true, but at the same time, you have to say all men are bad. I, I didn't see a lot of redemption in the Kens, so I think that's what bugged me about it. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that I can't legitimize a lot of the complaints that were being made by women. I completely agree with those. Well, I love to hear it, and I think we can have these conversations as conservatives and just be, you know, humans first and then conservatives second. I think sometimes people, they, they have to lead with the outrage because they feel like they're supposed to be outraged, so they have to hold on to that because they have to prove a point, and then obviously it gets them clicks and likes and it gets them views to be outraged about absolutely everything. But I'm of the mindset of we really need to pick our battles. I'm less disgusted by the Barbie movie patriarchy than I am when they try to insert, you know, transgenderism into children's cartoons or into school books when parents have no say. That, to me, is a battle worth fighting. But the Barbie movie, if we pick every single battle, I think we fall into a place where we're not taken as seriously and our culture war maybe isn't as successful. I would agree with you. And I would also say that, to me, this was just as much of an introspection into the young female as it is the young male. You know, Jordan Peterson talks about this all the time, but there, there's a crisis in both. 
It doesn't mean that one is you know mutually exclusive from the other. I saw as much of an identity crisis in in Ryan Gosling as Ken as I did in Margot Robbie as Barbie. Yeah, we're all Barbie and Ken. In fact, you and I kind of look like it a little bit. <laughs> but the point of it is, is it's like there's an identity crisis in both young males and young females. And who are the role model the role models we're looking up to? Do we have any? But I think it's so important for kids to be able to experience this creativity, whether it's with dolls or whether it's with G.I. Joe's Transformers for me when I was a kid. But I think it does point to if you really look deeply into it, it is asking us, in my opinion, to look into the heart of what's happening with young people overall. There's fentanyl that's a problem. There are role models that are a problem. There's an identity crisis out there. It, I think the movie can actually give us more things to think about than just being outraged. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think these are conversations worth having. And I think we can find some middle ground between conservatives and liberals and the wokesters and the people that are maybe a little too prudish. I think there's a happy medium to be found. I liked the movie. I liked the outfits, a lot of inspo. Um, I watched the Barbie movie the same way I watch Bravo. Yeah, there's a lot of woke stuff on Bravo, but I watch it anyway because by and large, I still like it. So I think we can be normal we can be normal conservatives and still have fun. So I wanna leave it at that. Bo, thank you so much for taking the time and we'll have you back soon for another pop culture roundup. My pleasure, thanks Tommy. Coming up, would I be surprised if the government had alien bodies and is lying about it? Not even a little bit. My final thoughts are next. Could our pure, pious and trustworthy government be hiding information about not only UFOs, but non-human life forms inhabiting those UFOs? Shoot, I wouldn't be surprised. It's time for Final Thoughts. In a week chock full of bombshell headlines, you may have missed the official congressional hearing into UFOs, or as the government calls it, unidentified aerial phenomena, but allow me to get you up to speed. According to this man, retired Major David Grush, a former Air Force intelligence officer, the government is not only holding on to secrets about UFOs, but has retaliated against those who dare spill the beans. Watch. If you believe we have crashed craft, uh, stated earlier, do we have the bodies of the pilots who piloted this craft? As I've stated publicly already in my News Nation interview, uh, biologics came with some of these recoveries. Yeah. Um, were they, I guess, human or non-human biologics? Non-human, and that was the assessment of people uh, with direct knowledge on the program I talked to that are currently still on the program. Do you believe our government has made contact with intelligent extraterrestrials? Something I can't discuss in public setting. Has the U.S. government become aware of actual evidence of extraterrestrial, otherwise unexplained forms of intelligence? And if so, when do you think this first occurred? Uh, certainly, uh, like I've dis discussed publicly, previously 1930s. So the Pentagon has denied all of those claims, by the way, like that really means anything, but I thought I'd mention it. According to Grush, the U.S. government has been well aware of non-human life forms since at least the 1930s, which means the government has done almost as good of a job covering up for aliens as it's done shielding and coddling Democrat politicians. But I 100% believe in aliens and extraterrestrial life forms. I mean, there is just no way someone like Hillary Clinton came from Earth parents. There's just no way. But as much as this all sounds like a joke, I think we ought to take it seriously, and here's why. Under Joe Biden, the Taliban has retaken Afghanistan. Putin has invaded Ukraine. China is poised to pounce on Taiwan any day now. 
then the Chinese spy balloon that was allowed to traverse our nation for a week, plus the ongoing invasion at our own southern border, just proves that we don't take our national security or sovereignty seriously. So if there was ever a time for freaking aliens to inhabit and conquer Earth, now would be that time. You've heard the term strike when the iron's hot. Well, these aliens ought to strike when the POTUS is a vegetable. Now, if the aliens are listening to us right now, I'd like to make just a couple of requests. If you do come to overtake planet Earth, could you please start in California? I promise you, you'll feel at home there and you can frickin' have it. Those are my final thoughts from Nashville. God bless and take care.